Welcome to Still Becoming, a podcast about how it's never too late to become more free, more yourself, or try something new. I'm Monica DiCristina, a wife, mother, and practicing psychotherapist. Through my own struggles with my anxiety years ago that led to my professional work as a therapist now, I am fascinated by the process of how we become who we are. We will explore the topics of becoming, of unbecoming, and overcoming through interviews, unpacking mental health topics, and stories. You are not designed to stay the same. Your story is still being written. We are all still becoming. On this month's meditative story episode, we are looking at the idea of who you actually are, even if the snapshot or the lived experience of that feels very far away right now. We are living through an objectively very difficult time in the United States, and if you are finding yourself feeling far away from your best self, then this episode is for you. There's a therapy technique called future wiser self, and it is one way that therapists can try to help a client tap into who they really are, even when they might feel very, very far away from that person. An example of that could look like someone who is really struggling with depression and calling on and remembering one of their greatest accomplishments, climbing to the top of a mountain when they thought they never could. Those two people, the depressed person and the person that climbed that mountain, are the same person. And that's what we're looking at today. Who you are remains the same in all of its power, in all of its beauty, even if you're not living that way right now. when Instagram was a new thing, a really exciting thing, one that I didn't know much about, my husband took a picture of a lion that was so powerful and fierce and beautiful. It looked like he had been face to face with an actual lion. I still remember the lion's eyes and the lion's posture. There was a story in the lion's face. There was power, there was worth, there was regality. Where did you take this picture? I asked him. How in the world did you get this in Atlanta? Just at the zoo, he told me. At the zoo? Were you in with the lion? I couldn't put together this picture and him just being at the zoo. But of course he wasn't in with the lion. I couldn't forget the regality of the lion in that picture. It captivated me. He had taken one of our toddlers at the time to the zoo while I stayed home with the new baby. And he did what he often does, which is take artistic pictures. I couldn't believe this was taken at the zoo. I couldn't wait to see this lion in person. I hadn't been to the zoo or to any zoo for that matter in ages, since maybe I was a kid. And our now two little toddlers were the perfect age to all go together. 
And so we loaded up to spend a few hours at the zoo. And I thought about the lion and I thought about that picture and I couldn't wait to see the actual lion in person. I couldn't wait to experience this lion. We managed to get through a large part of the zoo, which is no small feat, as many of you know, with our two baby toddlers with us. And we were getting close to the lions. I was actually really excited. I was so moved by the photo my husband had taken, I couldn't wait to experience this lion in person. We got closer to the lion's exhibit, and there was a sad sloping downhill to a little covered area that didn't have enough air inside of it. It was dark and seemed very germy as a mom of toddlers. I thought, where is the fresh air? What is this leading to? But okay, I thought, maybe this is cool. Maybe this is like a cave for the lions. And so we went down into the sad little viewing area and there was a glass wall about as tall as me looking up and into the captive lion area. I scanned across, my eyes trying to adjust from the bright sunny day outside to the musky viewing cave, then back to the sun on the other side of the viewing glass. And there was the lion. Finally, I waited to be moved to experience this lion in all its power. Here was the actual lion just feet from my face. And the lion looked awful. He looked exhausted, unwell, and anything but regal. There it was. There he was, the same lion I had admired in the stunning and chilling photo my husband had taken. And it looked like this lion had been stripped of its power and its dignity. I felt a little sick about it, if I'm honest. The contrast between the captured essence and the real-life living circumstances of this lion was too much. Where was the lion I saw in the photo? And why was the lion I saw in the photo made to live like this? The caged area was far too small for the lions. They must be depressed, I thought. The lion is surely depressed. His home is depressing. This is all wrong. And my toddler son pressed his face to the glass, so close he could almost touch the lion. And the juxtaposition of that tiny toddler and the potentially powerful and dangerous lion sleeping right in front of him struck me as almost ridiculous. This lion was no danger to my toddler in that moment, even though we all know a lion would be. Another sad reality of the contrast between who the lion actually was and how he was living. I think this is one reason why photography is so powerful. When we see a photo of someone we love or even of ourselves that captures our true essence, we often think something like, oh, there you are. I think we are often like this lion. We see the truth of our beauty, of our power, of our worth, even of our regality and our dignity in a brief moment sometimes, in a snapshot of sorts in a moment of connection with ourselves, 
with the divine, with a loved one. We see it. There indeed we are. There we are. This, this is who we have always been and who we were created to be. Think about it. When did you see it? Maybe it is often. Maybe it was brief. But then we lose it. The reality that we often live in is the more depressed one. The connection between the snapshot of who we actually are and how we feel about ourselves can feel very, very far apart in daily life. I have found that what often makes us lose the truth of who we are, what functions like our depressing state behind a glass viewing area like that lion's cage, are the walls of self-doubt, of our fears, of our anxieties, or even our unresolved traumas. My little son, the same one that was in front of that lion, a few years later was doing something he was really afraid to do with water. His little body would tense up. You could see the fear and the dread on his face. And we would whisper to him, buddy, you have a lion heart in there. It's okay that you feel scared, but we want you to know what you're made of. You have the brave heart of a lion. And he would take that truth and that snapshot given to him by two people who loved him and knew him very well. And he would get up and he would do that brave thing. What before was sluggish and fear became a fierceness in him that felt unstoppable to him because the truth is his dad and I knew we knew his little heart and we had seen it but we also knew when it would shrink and when doubt and fear would creep in and so with love we called out and called on the brave lion heart he was made with a few years later He would write a story in school about his own lion heart. The truth we reminded him of when he was too scared to remember had taken root, our lion heart. Recently, that same lion hearted boy has helped save two kids in dangerous water related situations by jumping in towards the fear in the water in a safe way, of course, but faster than any grown up could even react. His little lion heart was always in there. And now he is able to access it more fluidly, more quickly. It is the same with us that when we forget who we are, being reminded even repeatedly helps us to learn how to access who we are when we need that part of ourselves the most. What about you? What I find over and over is not that we necessarily find ourselves or strictly just become ourselves, but more that we forget ourselves and we return home to ourselves. I see becoming as eliminating the obstacles between who you're living as and who you actually are. Now I know the lion can't choose and doesn't have the power to. And I know that in life there are many things or advantages or disadvantages that we also do not get to pick or choose. And yet, 
the essence, the truth of the essence captured in those moments is the actual truth about who we are. Now back to the zoo. It became a frequently visited place for our family in those years. And a few times with my two toddlers at the time, I would visit the zoo alone in the late afternoon after nap time as the zoo was beginning to close up for the evening and all the way across the park as the light began to change i heard it the lion i've never heard a sound like it and it chills me now to think about it the lion would roar across the whole zoo and i would think i hear you i hear you the lion was still the lion and the sound he made was so powerful across the entire park. What if we were to listen to you right now? What would we hear? The truth of the matter is, it is a lion whether it gets to live like one or not. And you are who you are, whether you are living that way right now or not. What if we were to call out the lion part of who you are, whatever that is for you? What are the captivity keepers? What is the cage that is keeping that from being a reality? Is it time to reevaluate an unhealthy bond or relationship? Is it time to reevaluate your relationship with something that numbs you? Is it time to get professional help for depression or anxiety? Is it time to share with a safe person the lies that you've always believed about yourself or the shame stories that you've been encircled by in hopes of breaking through those? You are the captured essence in that great moment when you felt the most like yourself, the most alive, the most worthy. Whatever that snapshot is for you, that is the actual truth. And it is an anchoring truth. It was not a one-off moment. It was the most accurate picture of reality. What do you need to reevaluate, to lessen the distance between yourself and that truth? What do we need to clear out to make that distance shorter between who you are and how you're living. This is very often what we're doing as parents. We are calling out who we know our children are, who they can be or who they will become. We hold the truth and the promise of their best selves when they forget. And that is what we must also do for ourselves. We must hold the truth and the promise of our best selves even when we forget so that we can always find our way back. As we wrap up today's episode, I want to go back to the beginning, to the idea of future wiser self that we started this episode with. This therapeutic technique, which just uses those words to describe your best self. Who are you on your best day? If we were to be able together to look at a snapshot 
were to hear your voice, what would we see? And what kind of things do we need to look at clearing out to shorten the distance between who you are and how you're living today? This is an ongoing journey. It's not a one and done. So whatever it is, even if it's the smallest thing today, I would encourage you to go towards who you actually are, to reach out for help, to remind yourself of that person, to sit down with someone who knows you well and discuss how you're feeling about that. This has been a really, really hard season for so many people. And my hope and my prayer is that this short story would be a reminder of who you are and a chance to start the journey back to living from that place. For more information, please go to monicadecristina.com or follow along on Instagram. You can find me at Monica DeCristina. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Still Becoming wherever you listen to podcasts if you like what you heard here today. Thank you for listening.